We'll, we'll go ahead and get, get three gardens. Yes, that started. Hopefully, we'll, we'll have three gardens. Finish up somewhere around six. So we can help yeah. That's my goal. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get to our text. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the privilege of being able to come together, to assemble together, to, to look at your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you the power of it. We thank you the authority that is in your word. It's the only thing, Father, that we can say for sure is the truth. It never changes. The word does, does not change. We change. People change continually. But your word does not change. You don't, you don't change. So thank you so much, Father, for that. We pray for the lesson tonight. We've been looking at the miracles of Jesus, and and it's just a, it's just a marvelous thing. And so we pray your blessing upon it. We pray you speak to hearts tonight, and that you would uh, open up our hearts that we might hear from you and and learn tonight of your truths. Thank you so much for this, and we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so Josh, this is an open study, so if you have comments or you have questions, we have some very wise people here in the scriptures that can direct. And if we don't have the answers, which we may not have the answers for everything, then we can search, search the scriptures. And we can find the answers. That's where you find them in the scriptures. So we've been doing a, a study of Mark, and Mark's goal, uh, actually the, the whole gospel's goal, is to prove who Jesus Christ is by his works, by his actions. It's written so we might know, it says in the book of John. So we just looked at the evening before, there was two events that had that happened and uh, about a month ago we looked at the boat ride if you remember he had been teaching the parables toward the end of the day he had talked about the we're in mark of god four. well we're, we're going to be in mark five okay yeah so we're just kind of backing up and getting a, getting a run and start okay. he had been talking about the kingdom of god giving an example of how reaching and how far and how big that gospel would grow. Not only would it grow huge, but it would branch out, out to the Gentiles as well. They just witnessed one chaotic event, and that was the calming of the storm that was turned to peace. Jesus demonstrated that he had power over the winds and the waves. We looked at Old Testament passages that showed places where God controlled these. And we know uh, that at times Satan used these, and we looked at some of those, but, but God either caused these or he allowed them to happen. And, and one thing we've been talking about and for, I guess, probably at least the past year is, well, probably ever since the pandemic, was the sovereignty of God, the control that God had over everything, every little aspect, uh, even the even the things like this. This meeting was preordained. People are here not by chance, but by the sovereignty of God. You know, and and we've been talking a lot about that. Uh, and the, and the same way that, uh, and also when we look at the, the crossing of the sea and the storm, we've seen that Jesus didn't necessarily cause these events to happen around him, but God and the Holy Spirit was working through that, to, and, and Jesus was working with what he was given to those people. 
You understand what I'm trying to say there? All the, all the events that happened was not caused by Jesus, but he was acting with God and the Holy Spirit. So nothing was by chance. The storm wasn't by chance. What we're going to be looking at today of the, of the next chaotic event was not by chance. God's control these things. Either allowing them to happen or causing them. Um, and in that coming of the sea, at the very end of it, in the end of chapter 4, 441, they, there was left a, a comment or a question. It says in 441, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Who is this man in the boat? You have these 12 apostles or disciples, and you have Jesus who was sleeping, who calms the storm, and we, we looked at that in, in detail. And the question that they had at the end of it was who was this man in the boat that could calm the storm? The question that I think is still so fresh in their minds as they come to this shore. Possibly for the first time, they were seeing Jesus as God. I believe, believe this may have been the first miracle to really touch them personally. We know that many miracles have been done, but but one that had really impacted their lives. He had actually saved they were involved. Their lives. Yeah, they were involved. They were involved. They were, what's another way of putting it? The they subjects. Were, yeah, they were the subjects. That's good. They were the subjects of that miracle. So they reached the other side of the shore. Remember the western shore where Jesus had been teaching was made up of mostly Jewish cities. And yet there were Gentiles who was coming. They were coming to him uh, to hear Jesus from far away. Remember, they were coming as far as north from Tyre and Sidon and as far down as from Iconium, east of the Jordan. That talks about that in Mark 3, verses 7 and 8. As they reached the other side, the eastern shore, it was a less populated area made up of mostly Gentiles a place where these Jewish disciples would not have chosen to go. I'm sure there was much teaching going on in that boat ride after the storm. But you know, it happened at night and they get to shore and it's, it's daylight because they can see this man running from a distance. So we know it must be daylight. So, and it was, if I understand it correctly, from Capernaum, the area that they think that he left from, coming down about halfway on the eastern shore would have been about 11 miles trek. So, so normally that would only take them probably two, two and a half hours, but we know it, it took most of the night because they land on the shore about daybreak. As they landed, immediately they are near a graveyard and they are met by yet another catastrophic event a madman charging it down from a distance mark does not comment on what the disciples reaction was even though our minds might wonder isn't that isn't that interesting but it centers on what this man is like and what is what he is doing and his reaction to jesus and you know matthew if you read matthew's account of it it is very minute. It doesn't give you hardly any detail of the man. Have you ever wondered why? I think it's probably because this was a Gentile man. Matthew is, is writing to Jews. So that's why, I, that's why I believe that he doesn't give a whole lot of detail about the man, his condition, things things like that so let's read mark uh, 5 1 to 8 as we we looked at this last week so let's um 
So it says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gersenians. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chains. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from the wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of this man you evil spirit so that's some of what we covered uh last week verse seven is interesting and he cried out with a loud voice and said what do you have to do what do i have to do with you jesus of the most high the use of the singular term term here tells me of the unity and the organization that satan has you know, even and and God has a has an organization as well as I think we're going to look at. I hope hopefully tonight, but but it's it's unified and it's organized, and his army and his army of demons. He is a powerful foe, as demonstrated here. We also talked about the fact that Satan and his demons have a judgment time awaiting them. Mm -hmm. I think you you uh, you mentioned that Matthew eight twenty nine and it says, and suddenly they cried out saying, "What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before our time?" They are aware of a specific time when they will be cast into the abyss and. And that word abyss is used in Luke's account of the story. We might also know as powerful as these demons are, as much harm as they was being put on these on this man. I've got men written down here, and that's that's because uh, Matthew records two of them. Uh, the demons were now fearful of being tormented themselves. There was more than one demon possessing And there was more than one man. And we're and that's what we're going to look tonight at the legion when he asked. They are they're they're begging him for mercy is what they're you doing. You can use the word they and them and they say don't torture us. Yeah, so all that language makes it sound like not with just one demon, but many demons. There are many. Yeah. There are many. Now, my question is: Are they all of one mind, or do they each have their own consciousness? That's a good question. What's the difference? Like, do each of them share like a high intelligence? Like, they all share the same thoughts. There's not really any distinction. They're all basically turned into a robot, or like they only exist for a sole purpose or do they each have like their own thought their own personality like do does each have like a different favorite color for example well we know that one of their common goals is is to bring harm to people satan is their the demons leader and so they they are out to discredit God, and God's his work, and his people. Yeah. So they, so, they, so I think they do have a common goal in that. Just like just like believers have a common goal. People that love people that love 
love uh, love Jesus. Our common goal is to glorify Him. Right, but also, also like believers, do they all have like their own different thoughts and their own like different ways that they worship Lucifer or the devil, as it were? There, there is an organization. Yeah, there is an organization too to them just like just like we've stated and i think we're going to see tonight if not tonight it will be in the next bible study that there is an organization to god's uh god's reign as well mm -hmm. there are different angels that have different jobs and we're going to see that in the in the book of daniel if we get to that to where uh there was a daniel was to deliver a dream and for 21 days, he was this angel, Gabriel, I think, was had was delayed from from interpreting that dream. He said, "For 21 days, I've tried to get to you." So there was a battle going on, and it seems that the battle was even. This is getting way ahead. It seems like the battle was even, but they, but Michael comes in to help. And then he was able to get down. So there is there is organization to that. Dave. That's correct. Larry, there is organization. We can't compare demons or angelic hosts to mankind. Mankind was given a choice between right and wrong. Angelic host does not have a choice between right and wrong. If God's angelic host and you have the demons which are fallen angels under Lucifer. And they don't have a choice of doing right and wrong. They will do wrong. That is their full, that is their full energy and, and combined effort under Lucifer is to destroy mankind. They try to destroy Christ before his crucifixion. They tried many times. Killed Christ, you know, in other ways other than what the Old Testament said it was going to be. Yeah. So I, they do not have a choice. I actually don't think that their sole purpose is to kill or destroy mankind. I think that their purpose is to harm mankind enough that it hurts uh, the Holy Trinity to the point where they don't have an option but to come in and assist mankind. That that what's what's that what's that again now? That you, you think the only reason that angels assist us is because of the attack that the, Satan is brings up. Is that demons, what I'm hearing? Satan and his demons are bringing upon us. The angels are defending us, and there is always a constant battle going around. Um, the only real reason that the demons attack us is because Lucifer says so. He is there. Quote, quote, boss, but the only reason he's telling them to do so is to harm mankind enough that it strikes the Holy Trinity, the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to the point where they don't really have an option but to come in and fight the demons even more to assist mankind. I don't think I would uh, say that, that God was pressure to the point of having to rely on a different plan for what he's i think he's the scripture teaches that he's in charge and he uses the demons and he uses the angels and uses people and he and he they have a free will to do what they're doing within their realm but it still fits into his plan perfectly i don't think that uh, the bible indicates that there are some angels that are robots and that are just not able to make decisions themselves i think they're a lot smarter than we are and they have uh, a lot, lot going on in their abilities, but we there are there are limitations. And one of the limitations is we are not given the um, we're not told we're told not to go delving into the occult and trying to to figure out what's going on because that's an area that's very serious and very closed door and to follow the scriptures. So we I, I don't I don't think I would want to put say that. That the demons had God over the on the horns of a dilemma where he had to refer to different plans for what he was working. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm feel feel pretty certain about that. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of, of verses that 
that relate to the intelligence of angels. And they are, there's no place that I know of where it gives an indication that they are bumbling idiots or whatever, that they seem to be very sharp. Uh, and where they, they work, they're able to really outmaneuver men. Um, we can see that in the evidence but, right here. Yeah, they, they respect the Lord and they fear him. And that's why they ask him, don't torture us before the time. There's a time of judgment, but let us, let us do our thing uh, while we can. Don't confine us. There are some that Jude talks about that are confined already uh, to the day of judgment. And so I think they wanted to have that freedom at, at least. And, uh, it is an interesting, it is a very interesting realm. Uh, the nice thing is that we know the truth about God and that he's, he is uh, infinitely better and smarter. Well, he, he loves us. He didn't come just to, de just to defend us from Satan, mm -hmm. but he came because he loves us. Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a defensive act upon God. He came and and in the person of Jesus, he died, he paid the sin price for us. Not, not just to save us from Satan, but really to save us from ourselves. Because we in ourselves are sinful. We don't have to have Satan. And I, and I think in, uh, in the book of Revelation, it talks about when Satan is going to be bound up for a thousand years. And I think, I think part of that, and that's, this might be me speaking, I think part of that is going to be to where we can't say, well, Satan made us do it. Because of our sinful nature, we're, we're still going to be sinners. If Satan never, if, if Satan was took out of the equation, we would still be sinners. We would still be bad things. We, yes. Yeah, you guys um, been in Sunday school. You know, we've been talking in John ten about the shepherd, right? And uh, one of one of the sessions, I asked this question, and I think it made everybody stop and think for a minute because they maybe that too. Um, he talks about the hireling who sees the wolf coming and then flees, right? And, that's, mm -hmm. and I asked the question, "What is the greatest threat to the sheep?" Remember that? Mm -hmm. And you might think it's the devil maybe it's the religious system there but actually what he says there three times is he lays his life down for the sheep what did christ lay his life down to accomplish and say well the feet of the devil yes he crushed his head but the thing he accomplished then he went to the cross to do was to accomplish redemption to accomplish atonement which means that our greatest threat is not the devil, but is God. Yeah, well, God. yeah. God is our greatest threat in our sin. Your holiness or your, your sinfulness in front of God's holiness is the biggest threat to you. And he, and that's the, that's the amazing thing is that the judge, the one who is your <laughs> judge is the same one that you have to run, the one you want to run away from Especially you read in Revelation, the judgment, the regular yeah. third judgment. And, and what's everybody want to do? Heaven and earth want to flee away. away. They want to run away from it. And in our, in, our, in our natural state, that's what we want to do. We want to run away from it. You okay. understand that, Josh? You understand what he's saying? Yeah. About, about Jesus and God and how he came to save us from God because God is the one that, that will judge. It's the wrath of God. Right. Yes, and Jesus, right. Jesus came to right. save us from that wrath by paying the ultimate price, which was a sinless life. He lived a sinless life. And that's what we're part of what we're looking at here. And without that, there would be there'll be no hope for mankind because we we can't live that sinless life. If we want to talk about God being over the horns of a dilemma, that would be the closest thing we can say is, is that God is holy and righteous and we are sinners. And therefore, he's going to have to judge us. We're going to have to be judged. And there's no way to get around it. And that was God's problem, if you want to call it a problem. But he devised a way whereby he could pay for our sins in his own sacrifice. And therefore, be just 
by giving us his righteousness while he took our sin and died in our place on the cross right. and then also be justified because he, he paid for our sin and we stand before him now in his righteousness Amen. And that, that is and he was but he was totally in charge and he he no he said nobody takes my life i lay it down on myself and the key to that is is being in him that's right being in him accepting him accepting his payment for that sin because we can't do it on our own none of us can none of us dave you had something to say demons have no power no control without that permission <clears throat> without the okay remember mark uh, mark chapter one when the bad man was in the synagogue remember? yeah yeah uh what uh verse 25 was 24. i know who you are the holy one of god and jesus said be quiet come out of the man made this group the audience and begin to discuss what sort of new teaching is this he has such authority even evil spirits obey him. they have no power with christ of jesus christ if you say if you say if you believe in him and accept him as your lord and savior and he indwells you demonic has no power over you no power over you have a decision you know if you do not if you are not involved by jesus christ don't have decisions you already the decisions You're already made the, the, the devil. that's why it says that. the decisions already been made if you make no decision you're, you've already made your decision you made a decision you have to make a decision for christ so if you don't make christ that decision you your decisions already you been can made. make a decision between right and wrong that's right yeah yeah, yeah that's 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 very interesting because that's that's a contrast here, Dave. That verse you mentioned, Mark one twenty five. Right. He he tells the the demons uh, to be quiet, and here the only place where he asked the demon to uh, who are you? Who are you? We're gonna be talking about that too. But that's that's uh let's see. Um so let's let's read six to fourteen again, and that's that's the text that we're gonna be looking at. And I don't think we're gonna get all the way through it tonight. It says when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him with a shrek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me? jesus son of the most high god in the name of god i beg you don't torture me for jesus had already said to the spirit come out of this man you evil spirit then jesus demanded what is your name can you recall another any other scripture where jesus has asked a demon for a evil spirit what his name is Think this is the only place and he replied my name is legion because there are many of us inside this man then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby send us into the pigs the spirits begged let us enter them so Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. All right. Again, in verse seven, um, it 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 talks about uh, with the shrek and scream. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus? In the name of God, I beg you, do not torture torture me. Um, right off the bat, there, the demons know who Jesus is. Yeah. So yeah, so so this this right here, I'll give you a little bit, a 
of information on what this place of the abyss or the holding place is. He says, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Another uh, translation says, swear to God that you won't torture me. Even the demons know what the abyss is like. We have, we have no idea. What was it created for? It's created for Satan and his angels. It wasn't even created for mankind, but it's the only place that is separate from God that he can put people who don't accept him. That's the only, only place. It was created for them. Matthew 25, 41, it says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That place was prepared. It's a special place that was prepared for Satan, for the devil and his angels. And in verse 8, it says, for he, that's Jesus, said to him, the demon, come out of that man. Come out of the man's unclean spirit. Three things are going, we're going to see here. Jesus is God demonstrated with action and not just words. Next, Jesus' compassion and what man's heart is worth. We're going to see the, the compassion that Jesus has on this on this man, this demon-possessed man, and that shows us what man's heart is worth. You know, if you read the if you read the rest of it, you're going to see where all these pigs went into this sea or this lake and were drowned. A huge cost to these people there. That is showing us, and I'm I'm getting a little ahead. That's showing us what the how valuable Jesus, what value Jesus puts on a human's heart, mm -hmm. the value. And thirdly, there is nothing too big that he can't control. Talking about this legion. And then in verse nine it says, "Then he." Jesus asked the demon, what is your name? Was Jesus really concerned with this demon's name? Now think, think, think about the setting here. Who, who is in the background hearing all this or listening to all this? Who, that's right. Who was on that boat? His disciples. Jesus is making a, making a point here. Jesus knows who this, who this demon is. He knows that there are many demons, but he's making that point to those that are listening. It was for, for the benefit of those standing around. It's the only place in the Bible where the demon is asked his name. Another passage that we might look at again is uh, in John 11, 41 to 42. It says, so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Some of the things that Jesus done was not for himself. But it was for the people standing around. I think I think Jesus here wants his disciples that just come from that storm, one chaotic event, and to have this other chaotic event of this madman. And and we find out we're going to find out that they are legions of demons. And here Jesus wants them to know that there are a lot of demons. A lot of demons. He's wanting them to. He's wanting to show them his his power, his control, his authority, and 
and we don't we don't see Jesus getting upset. He is he is he's calm. He's collected. Probably yeah. unlike the disciples you asked earlier, what the yeah. disciples thought. I think they would be afraid. I would be. I would be scared to death. I'd still be in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That would. I mean, Jesus steps out. Okay, Jesus. Yeah, the Lord faced that right head on. He That's was right. in charge. I'd be That's jumping right. off the other end of the boat and swimming away. Yeah. 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 Even, even though Jesus did not cause this, he did not know. He knew he had a divine appointment. Remember, we talked about that a little bit last time. He had, he had that divine appointment. He knew that, but he didn't know what that divine appointment would entail. He knew that the Holy Spirit, he knew that God was directing his way. And he knew he, knew he would be safe. These disciples should have knew the same, same especially, thing. Especially after coming to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they should have been home, yeah, totally 100% yeah. sold right there. <laughs> yeah. He can save us through that. Yeah. Dave? Right, Larry. Christ, the main, the main focus of this right here is not the demons, is it? Mm -hmm. I mean, Christ came to earth that no single man should perish. That's yeah. the focus of this story and everyone's story here on earth. That no single person should perish but come to the rest of life. That's right. He does. He and so his, his main focus was alone. on grace on this man that's right and yeah and 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 to prove who he was to these disciples absolutely i mean i, I think that is a, i think that was a big part of his ministry because if these disciples if these men that were following him especially these 12 if they did not believe in who jesus was Without a shadow of a doubt, my question would be: Where would we be today? Where would we be today if we didn't have if we didn't have this evidence? You know, and, and people say, "Well, it's blind faith." It's not blind faith. We have we have men that have seen and walked with Jesus, have seen his miracles, and and every one of them, with the exception of john on the isle of patmos died because of their faith because of their belief as a martyr as a martyr as a martyr every one of them and what pete mentioned before uh was a couple of meetings before providence is not a term readily used today but after a great storm like you said these guys saw the same piece to be still and it was like a glass lake <laughs> Okay, you just got out of the storm. What's the chances of pinpointing the docking point on the shore? Right we there. You walk up, and there's this guy right here for another lesson. <laughs> not much of a chance of that at all. No, not no, not a, was, not by was, chance. That was uh, yeah. nothing happened by chance. I, I don't believe any question that the Lord was doing these things to a large degree for his disciples. Mm -hmm. He spent so much time with them and prayed for them. Before the choosing them, he prayed all night. Just yeah. 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 So that's our lives too. I was going to say. But our entire life from birth. Yeah, still, absolutely. He's a shepherd. He's working with his people. He's working with us. He just shows our inability to grasp what he was trying to teach them. I mean, but they still didn't get it until the Holy Spirit hits the same. Yeah. I was just thinking that because in the other Bible study, John, we're right in the middle of the upper room discourse, and it's three, three plus years of miracle after miracle after miracle, and they just saw him not that long enough ago at all raise Lazarus from the dead. I was on this morning. The smell was unmistakable coming out of that tomb. There's no faking that. Man is dead. They saw all of that, and still in the upper room. He's having to say to them, "Towers from the cross, peace be still." You know? oh, <laughs> like yeah, it says in the storm, you know, let not your hearts be troubled. He says that to them again and again. Yeah, it's to your advantage. You don't have to go away. Chill, guys. God's in charge. It's okay. It's, I'm not the Messiah you thought I was. I'm here on a different mission. 
Yeah. And you're right. That's the point. Yeah. Great, great point is a good point. Yeah. yeah. And piggybacking off of what Dave said, with the whole, our entire life from birth to death is planned out. Uh, within that life, there are bad times, there are good times, there are bad events, there are good events. Life is a slingshot. All those bad events are pulling the string back just a little bit more to slingshot you forward within your life. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure it's a, a, a slingshot for God allows. Closer to him. God allows things to happen in your life that that make you that make you wonder wonder about this existence. Why am I here? You know what is what is my purpose? What is my purpose in this life? Am I just drifting through this life? You know and. And I and I and I hate to say it, but most people are just are just drifting. They have no purpose. Your real well, purpose, your real purpose, should be to glorify amen. your Maker. Amen. You know, they they so many things. You look around, and and you cannot look around unless you are amazed at these trees. that's three hundred years old. I mean, look at look at look amazed at, at technology. I mean. All, all these things, a computer, it has to have a design, right? A computer has to have a design. A cabinet has to have a maker. Solid. Has to have a maker. The universe, the universe has to have a maker. It has to have a design. And we're to we're not to glorify creation, but the creator, the one that created that thing. That's that's what we. That's that's part of our purpose in life, and part of that is is sharing Jesus, mm -hmm. which is a, which should be a big part of our lives. Sharing that sharing that gospel, being uh, being involved in people's lives. That's what we need to be. We need to be because Jesus. If you look at Jesus's life. There was very, very few times. I think that one time in the boat that we just that we just got to looking at is one of the very few times where it says that Jesus was asleep. Maybe it may be the only it may be the only time. We know, we know he slept, but the scripture just doesn't say it. why. Because there is so much other time that he spends with people, crowds all the time. This is one reason that they left the other side was to kind of get away from the crowds because at one point he was so crowded that he told them to have a boat ready yeah. in case I be flogged kind of so to speak you know you've been in a crowd like that we talked about that but that that's part that's part of our, our mission Jesus demonstrates his power and would say things for the benefit of the people standing around. I believe this is another one of those times and places. Um, I'm not sure if those standing by could actually see the spiritual world. You know what I'm saying? All these demons that were cast out into these pigs, <clears throat> and it doesn't really matter. But but could they see these demon spirits? I don't I don't believe so because it, it was a spiritual a spiritual world. But I believe they could hear some verbal things that were going on. Maybe even Jesus talking to this demon, because um, Jesus was talking to him, and the demon was responding. Now, if they could hear the demon or not, maybe they just heard one side. You ever you ever listen to somebody on the telephone, and uh, and you can hear them talking, and you can kind of figure out what's what's going on by just one conversation. I'm sure the man boys were working, I'm sure. Yeah, because it said he screamed. Yeah, right? yeah. Demons not gonna scream. Yeah. So the man screamed. Was it the demon? Spoke. The demon that was speaking. Oh, demon. Yeah. Was speaking through the him. Vocal board. So obviously worked. Yeah. Not trying to get ahead of you, Ryan, and, and I know that you're going to go over this later, but what's amazing is, is after this had happened and the pigs went in and drowned themselves, 
people ran to tell people what happened. That was another reason I think Jesus had that appointment there for those people to see that because this guy had been like this and cutting himself and breaking chains. And then and again, I'm trying to tell you yeah. the story, but then he ends up changing because Jesus had cleansed him. Yeah. So these people, so we don't know how many people in that aspect, again, like you said, we witnessed people. We don't know who, who gets it or who don't. Okay. Who plans to see. So we don't know out of that group who got it, who did. Yeah. But those, those standing by that was herding the pigs, I don't think they were necessarily telling the gospel story. What they were telling is what was what they had seen happen. Yeah. Hey, we've seen this this man over there. Changing him. We well, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure they even seen that until they until they come back and they seen him sitting down with Jesus in clothes. You know, there had to be there had to be some hours that went by because if you go back to the beginning of chapter four, when they when they're leaving in that boat. Mark makes mention that they took no provisions with them. And I think that I think that's interesting that it relates to that, that the man was clothed. So where did these clothes come from? Somebody had to go and get this man some clothes because they didn't take no provisions with them. Again, you know, if you look back, so I, so I, th I think these people were going and they were, they were thinking more economically. What is what is this? What has happened? I lost all my Our, I've, I've, I've lost all the sheep, all the pig herders. I start to say sheep herders. The pig herders. I've lost all them. I'm I'm afraid now. What is the master going to say now? So then you have then you have the masters come in and what are they saying? Where's my pig? Get out of here. Well, they're more concerned about the pigs than they were thankful for the man's changed life. Exactly. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about all all those things, but 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 it's it's it's, just, it's very interesting the things. It's, it's interesting to know that even back then people were, especially men, were just greedy. Yes. So it, well, and just all they wanted was money, money, money. Yes. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's not it's, just everybody else. We have that same problem. Sure. Here. We we do. I do. We do. I do. I have. I have to. I have to find my inner being all the time, all the time. Not to be that way. Not to be that way. The things that I do, even Josh, even the things that I do for the church, I have to. I have constantly. I have to question my motive. Why am I doing this? Am I doing it to earn a point, so to speak? In my in my godly point status, you know, is that going to get me one more point to heaven? But it won't. It won't. So I have to I have to examine my motive. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? You know, is, any, is there any other way to explain it that would make it any? any I mean, I have to examine myself all the time because I'm selfish. Well, the thing is, like we like we like the we like the applause and the pat on the back, man. Exactly. It's, it's just that's there again. That is our sin nature. But here, but there again, if you really look back, why am I doing this? Yeah, you're right. Your motives. Why? It's like, it's like when you're having an out of body experience, where it's like, why is this a thing, and why am I doing it? Mm. Yeah. I don't understand the out of body experience. I've never had one of them. I definitely I hope, I, not I, hope I never have. Let me, let me tell you that. Much. You just randomly start questioning why you're doing. I just you randomly just start questioning yeah. why I'm still breathing. So I would be concerned if I had something that I thought was an out of body experience. And the reason I say that is because this man who was possessed by these demons he didn't have any control over himself mm -hmm. so they were literally talking for him mm -hmm. they were hurting him and they were talking for him 
they were doing what they wanted to do with this. You're talking about the demons. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I would be concerned if I thought that I was having some yeah. type of that I was doing something that I wasn't aware of what I was doing. I would be very afraid. Yeah. I would be, I had, I, I would at that point be uh, finding someone who could uh, tell me exactly what was going on because the demon world and they are very sneaky and conniving and uh, they find ways of bring uh, people yeah. who are not indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. So I would be very concerned if I woke up one morning and thought that I did something and I that I didn't think that I remember doing or something like that. I would be very concerned. So I was um, when it happened and I was scared beyond everything until <laughs> I realized I got to get control of my body back so I can stop doing this. Yeah, well, if, if you keep coming to Bible study, you're going to, you're going to, I think you're going to be able to see from scripture how this man got to that point where he had, where I, I believe he may have had thousands of demons. And it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have took very long for him to get that way. I think I'm going to be able to show you that mathematically. But isn't there a pneumatic number with legions? Yeah. Legions is about 6,000. Okay. It would have been 6,120 horsemen. Was a was a legion, okay. which I knew there was a number. I didn't yeah, know. which which shows the vastness of it. It's not the exact amount of demons that were in this man, but we can we can do a, I I can do a an evaluation, and we'll we'll do that next time. Our time's almost up, but uh, so where so where do we end that? We're ending with verse nine, right? When he said, and he answered. My name is Legion, for we are for we are many. So so Jesus is what he's talking to this man. And this man is is obviously controlled by demons. We've established the fact that demons are are powerful, but God is more powerful. And and why do I why do I say that? Because these demons or demons, we know there were many of them. They were they were afraid. They were they were asking Jesus, begging Jesus for mercy, for mercy. Do not send us to the abyss. Luke Luke mentions the abyss. Here it was a different uh, distant distant place or something that is mentioned. In another translation, I think in, in Mark, but the abyss, I think, is is a is a is a different place. We're going to look at that too. I think the abyss and hell are two different places as well. So we're going to look at look at that some too. But 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 the fact the fact that Jesus came to save us. That's that's the rest and. And Davis was absolutely right. He came to save this one man. If, if you had been the only person that ever lived on this earth, Jesus would have still had to come and die for you, for you to have a place in heaven. You know that? Jesus, for one person, he would have stood, because even one person it's still sinful and still needs a savior. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. That's pretty good. We run into <clears throat> the wide points of time all through our lives as well. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. Mm -hmm. We have God within us if we've accepted Jesus. We have the power of God within us. Are we bold enough to approach people who would have had legions in them? We, we, we pass by many people during the day that are divine appointments for us to make a choice. Jesus had a choice. Yeah. 
That's true. Uh, guys, we have no provisions. We have no clothes. It's getting late. We need to get somewhere and get our, get our stuff. Yeah. This guy can wait or somebody else can get them. And, you know, you just go to Walmart. You see a guy sitting on the bench. There's, there's your time. Where's your track at? There's your thirty. There's your thirty seconds of time in your day. Man, Jesus loves you. Here. You know, here's your five dollars. Go, go right there to Subway and get your sandwich. And what is it to you? This man's eternity. You know, it wasn't much, but I, I fail. I fail myself many times. Yeah. I'm in a hurry because I've got my schedule. Yeah, I have to get my stuff done. What does it matter compared to one man's soul? Yeah. It does, brother. Yeah, your schedule really doesn't. And Jesus was completely minutes. focused on, like you just said, each individual. When he met them, that's where that's where everything in the universe focused on, and everything else was white. And he was focused on that person's soul and winning that person, you know, eternity with him with himself and with Father. That should be our drive. Like you said, when you do stuff at church, what's your drive? What's your motive? What's your motive? To make the church building look a little more presentable, yeah. you know, for people. Glorify the Father, or to get a little kudos, a little slap on the back. Yeah, that's right. We gotta be careful. That's right. Any other comments? I think these are all very valuable uh, components to be aware of. Uh, I've heard around the room this evening the, the thing of how we like to get attention. We like to have our own attention for what we do. And I think this conversation uh, this evening is pretty uh, hitting right into me because this past weekend I, I was at a conference with a lot of uh, people from our college and this one guy just did not seem like he had had it all together and when I took the moment to to take the approach it was because he was missing something and it was the Lord and it, he was acknowledgeable of that and he was like you know life we can try to do things our own way and we can try to add up the points as you say but it really doesn't mean anything at the end. And the, the fact that we, we bypass so many people every day um, with different situations that uh, it's, it's amazing sometimes the people that you run into and that you actually do take the moment uh, because it, it is really worth it. In the end, you start to find out it's really worth, worth that extra five seconds of, of hearing them uh, because you never know uh, who there might be that needs to hear the gospel. Um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta have the boldness. That's, that's the big thing. So, so oftentimes we cower down, you know, and uh, we, won't, we won't speak to speak the gospel maybe because of who that person is or what they might think about us or something like that. Be bold, be bold. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not as bold as I need to be. I don't, but I'm, I'm becoming more and more bold as you read the word, as you get more, more secure uh, in the scripture and, and what, and who Jesus is and, and what he's done in your life. All you have to do is share. That's your testimony. You know, we talked about that. Your testimony is is really changing all the time. It's really changing all the time by the things that by the things that you're you're doing. You know, that's what that's what a testimony is, is to tell people what God is doing in your life. Not what not necessarily what it's done way back. Mine will be 41 years ago, almost 42 years. But but what is he doing now? It's a constant thing. Brian, you want to close us? And you can pray for the food too. How's that? Pray for the food. Sorry, I forgot about that. Okay. 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the fact, Lord, that this is a divine appointment here. All of us here mm -hmm. uh, listening and speaking, Lord, and, uh, and you're here with us. I thank you for that. I thank you for your truth, Lord, that you, you've spoken to us through your word. And, um, and that we can rely on, God. Take that at face value. And thank you that you don't change. Lord, I thank you that you took the time, Lord, to deal with, with all these, with the people in the Bible, Lord, with, with this man who had these demons you, you could have avoided. As, as someone said, well, you could have avoided this man and went straight to lunch or whatever. And there, there are just so many times where you, you stopped what you were doing and you focused on, on one soul, Lord, and and we're saying, Lord, there was a time where you stopped and you focused on our souls. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you, you so that. much for that. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's it's not over. You work in us day to day, Lord, kind of as a garden, weeding out the little weeds that sprout and start to grow up. And, and Lord, and, uh, we, we see fruit when the gardener is busy. And I pray that we would see fruit in our lives, Lord. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for, for working and choosing the work through us. You, you didn't have to use us to spread your gospel, Lord, but you do. And thank you so much for that. Bless us as we go from this place, Lord, and we, we go into the world in boldness, Lord, to, to share your gospel and, and to be like you in a sense that we focus on, on other people. It's so easy to focus on ourselves. We do it all the time. Even without thinking, Lord, it's like our go-to, but help us to focus and put intentional attention on other people mm -hmm. so that they they have a chance, a chance to see what what you're doing in my life, what you're doing in, in all of our lives, Lord. And I thank you for the food, too, and for those that prepare it, Lord. And bless this time. Thank you for... Just the fellowship that we have, Lord, as believers. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.